Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at WhitRiverside. Okay, so continuing with our Everyday Spirituality series, we're on week... What week are we on? Five. Five. <laughs> Three people on the front row can count up to five. Um, we've been looking at a few uh, different um, habits over the past few weeks, haven't we? We've looked at the first habit of here, presenting ourselves, making ourselves present. We did this in our life group this week, and we had a really powerful encounter at the end of our life group. We just practised here, and we just lit a candle and said... Here I am, Lord. Here you are, Lord. Here we are together. And there's a lovely sense of God in that room with us, God's presence meeting us in the room. Um, we looked at, oh, the practice of worship. We've looked at thanks. Uh, and last week we looked at the practice of sorry, this idea of building confession into our lives so we get better at processing our failures, processing our humanity, uh, and not going to get in, get in stuck uh, in our mistakes And that was in this area we call the area of complexity. We move from simplicity to complexity, where things start to get a little bit more, um, what should we say, complex, where we we realise actually that beneath the layers of simplicity in life, life is more nuanced and more complicated, and we need habits and strategies to deal with those complexities. Well, our next habit today is in the same area. It's the habit of help. The habit of help. We had our grandchildren over with us last uh, weekend over the bank holiday, And it's fascinating to see just how quickly independence begins to grow in children. Our granddaughter, Evelina, here she is, just an excuse to put a picture up. Um, She's nearly, uh, she's two and a half, nearly three. And uh, she's growing in independence every single day. And one area she's really growing independent in is in her eating. In her eating. If she needs any help eating a yoghurt, you ask if she needs help, she'll say... I can do it. I can do it. As she's painting her face with yoghurt. If she needs any help eating her cottage cheese, you offer help and she says, I can do it. I can do it. As she paints her body in cottage cheese and wears more than she eats. There seems to be a correlation between how messy the food is and how independent she wants to be about eating it. She's determined to feed herself whatever the food. Well... At the weekend, I was sitting next to her at the dinner table and we had a meal of, um, of sausages, pasta and peas. Now, peas are tricky at the best of times, aren't they? And she was trying to put these peas into her mouth with a fork and literally just... The peas were dropping off the fork onto the table, onto the floor. And I said, do you want any help eating your peas? And she said, I can do it. <laughs> well, the peas all over the floor told a different story. We grow up in Western culture, which places a high value on competence and independence. In fact, independence and self-sufficiency are seen as signs of strength and success. And conversely, needing help can be seen as a sign of failure or a sign of weakness. And studies have shown that children as young as seven begin to believe that any kind of asking for help is a sign of failure or weakness. Independence is so firmly ingrained in our culture. 
And we can see how early these ideas begin to form in us that actually we need to be able to do it on our own. Also, coupled with this is the fear of being rejected if we do ask for help. We pluck up the courage to reach out and ask for help. What if the people who we think will help us don't help us? What if it kind of proves that deep down fear, actually, that we're not loved enough, we're not cared enough about, that someone would actually help us if we asked? And so, coupled with that fear of rejection and that fear of failure, we don't tend to reach out and ask for help. Because there's an embarrassment in our culture of saying, I can't do this. I can't do this. We carry that I can do this from a very, very young age, as all our metaphorical peas are dropping all over the floor in many of our lives. So by looking at this habit of help today, I want to move us from I can do it to help, I can't do it. (coughs) And then being more comfortable with that as a habit, as part of our daily spiritual lives. Embracing our weakness with honesty and humility really deepens our character. And we learn to grow in God, we learn to lean into God, and we learn to lean into each other. And as God has compassion on us, we grow in the area of compassion. We grow in recognising that actually we're there to offer help. The whole emphasis of today's service has been this sense of we're here to help, we're here to serve as Christ served us. And so this practice of help, this habit, we can incorporate into the everyday, is about strengthening ourselves through our weakness as we press into God and ask God for help. And we become available to help others. Thomas Akempis, who was a medieval author, he wrote The Imitation of Christ, he said these words. He said, The acknowledgement of our weakness is the first step in repairing our loss. So last week we talked, didn't we, about the whole issue of human frailty, the mistakes and the failures that we make. And in this season of complexity, we also recognise that we're not people who can do it all. We're not people who have all the answers. We're not people who can are competent in every area of life. Actually, in our humanity, we need help. We need God and we need other people. In fact, the essence of the gospel is help, isn't it? That's the very essence. That's the gospel cry. Help, I can't do it on my own. And so putting this habit of help into our lives helps us acknowledge, and once again, our humanity. And it confronts the myth that we can do everything, because we can't. If we look down, we've all got peas all over the floor, haven't we? In one form or another. And so the habit of help moves us from self-reliance to God-reliance. It moves us into a different place. And when we call out for help, we become more powerfully connected to God in that heart cry than maybe we could do if we came to God in strength and competence. But asking for help does not come easy, does it? It doesn't come easy at all because... We battle with those inner voices that say asking for help is weak, is is showing a lack of competence, is creating that fear of rejection in us. So let's look at this concept of petition, the idea of calling out to God for help. 
In his letter to the church uh, in Philippi, the Apostle Paul encourages us into petitioning prayer, asking God for help. He says these words, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So a petition is simply a help prayer, a request for help to God. And so Paul is saying, bring your requests for help, bring your your heart cries, your help prayers to God. And your requests here simply means anything you need help with. Anything you need help with, bring that to God. And Paul's encouragement is pretty clear, isn't it? Ask for God in anything and everything. Ask God for help in every area of your life. God's interested in every aspect of your everyday. And so you could petition God in any area of your life. Nothing is too menial to God. Nothing gets vetoed because it's too ordinary. Ask God in everything and anything. And what Paul is trying to help us do here is move to a state of being what he calls being carefree. That's what the word anxious has been translated in the NIV. It means in the Greek to be free of cares, to be carefree, giving our cares over to someone else. And Paul's trying to move us from a state of anxious independence to peaceful dependence on God by giving our requests to help to him. Brian McLaren puts it this way. Through petition, we reframe the situation and we rename our need. What does he mean by that? Well, we reframe the situation when we bring our anxieties and our needs to God because it creates an opportunity for us to grow in God. And we rename our need because it gives us a chance to really reflect on what it is that's going on and what we need God to do in our situation. Our primitive response is when we're in trouble, is fight, flight, and freeze. Fight, flight, and freeze. That's our primitive subconscious response. So if you feel under attack, you want to fight back. If you feel frightened, you want to run away. And if you feel you've messed up, we've looked at this one, you want to freeze or you want to hide. Those are your primitive responses to situations that come in your life. Now, you might not think of it this way, but if you step back and think about when you're in trouble, these are the emotions that tend to be beneath the surface when you get yourself into different situations. So... When we bring our anxieties to God, it gives us an opportunity to reinterpret the situation and really think about what our need is. So, I feel under attack. Rather than fighting back, we can say to God, God, give me grace and compassion for those I feel are attacking me. That's a renaming our need. Not God, make me stronger so I can fight back, make me tougher, make me harder. But actually, God, I'm going to fight against those primitive responses in me 
and I'm going to ask for grace and compassion for those I feel are coming against me. Help me to adopt the Jesus way in this situation. So right now in your life, you feel there's a situation where you feel under attack. You feel like someone's against you or a situation is against you. And you're already thinking about ways you can fight back, ways you can counterattack. But actually bringing that anxiety to God will help you reframe that situation and actually rename what you need. Because what you need is grace. And you need the eyes of Christ to see that person as God sees that person. So you can have compassion upon them. I feel frightened. Rather than running away, God, give me courage to face what it is I'm fearful of. Give me courage to face it. Give me courage to face my fears. Let me stand in the midst of those fears. Let me find you. Let you be my strong tower, my my place of strength. I feel I've messed up. Rather than hiding or freezing, God, help me to take ownership of what I've done. Help me to take ownership of my mistake, my failure. Help me to bring that to you and process it. Be reconciled with you and reconciled with others. Can you see how we can reframe our situation when we bring our request to God and you rename your need? Because God isn't always in the business of taking you out of your situation. He's not in the business of sending a helicopter to rescue you and lift you out of it. What he wants you to do is give you his grace and his strength and his love in the midst of your life situation. Jesus said, didn't he, in this world you'll have trouble, but take heart because I've overcome the world and I can make you an overcomer. So I'm not necessarily going to rescue you from your situation, but if you come to me, I can give you what you need for your situation. When we translate our anxieties into requests for help, it disempowers our anxiety and it empowers us to face whatever it is we're facing at this moment in our lives. Now, sometimes it's helpful to start writing stuff down. Sometimes you've got stuff buzzing around in your head. It's helpful to make a few lists. And Brian talks about his little things list and his big things list. I thought it would be helpful to look at this today. So on the little things side of your pad, you write down all the niggly things that are going on in your head right now. All the niggly things. There's a few things that have been going on in my head. I need to re-roof my shed. It's leaking. I need to book a central heating uh, service for the boiler. I could put a whole list of things down there. You'll all have niggly things that are going around your head that are creating minor levels of anxiety in you because they're in there and they're whirring around and they're taking up space. Okay? So you can start by bringing all these little things to God. God, help me find the time to sort the shed out, you know, God help me to get through to the guy who needs to, you know, let me just, I'm going to ask for help in the ordinary. I'm going to ask for help in the everyday. And what making lists does, it helps get these things out from whirring around in our head and onto the paper. Where we normally fall short, you might be great at writing a to-do list, but what you forget to do is ask for God's help with it. Yeah? You might be a great to-do list doer, you know, you're writing it all down, you're ticking it off, you're using an app, you're using paper. What you forget to do is to ask God for help in the midst of it. That's the thing you need to bring in to the everyday. Even the small things, God's interested in. 
And once you've cleared away the little things, the niggly things, then you can move on to the big thing side of the piece of paper. And this is much more about attitudes and feelings that are going on at a deeper level that you don't often stop to think about or to process or to bring to God. Here's a few examples. Lord, I've noticed a growing resentment in my heart towards a situation or a person. Help me to understand what's going on. Help me to understand why I'm feeling this. Lord, I fear being seen as a failure. So I'm always going to present a front of competence. I'm always going to work hard. Help me to actually find my identity in you instead. Lord, the words so-and-so said to me were really actually hurtful. I, I couldn't brush them off. I brushed them off in the moment, but actually they've really landed in my heart. What they said has really affected me. Help me to forgive them. Help me to process the pain I feel. And these are the sort of things we write on the big things sides of our piece of paper. The things that we don't often get to in life, the things we don't often bring to God and ask for his help. So you'll have your things going on there, on the big things side of paper. And these are the deeper things. These are the more complex things beneath the simple surface of life that we all carry, that we all struggle with and we all need God's help with. But often in the business of life and the world and the swirl of the little things, they get overlooked. But they're still present and they're still affecting us. But we're just suppressing them. So it's really important to help, ask God to help you with the big thing side of this piece of paper. Particularly asking God to help you process your pain. Process your pain. Friar Richard Raw says, pain that isn't processed is passed on. Pain that isn't transformed is transmitted. So if you're carrying pain for whatever reason and you're not bringing it to God and asking for God's help in processing it, you will project it onto other people. You will pass it on. Consciously or subconsciously, you'll pass it on. The old adage that hurt people, hurt people. And we don't intend to do that. We don't necessarily make a choice to do that. But because we're not processing that pain, we will transmit it in one form or another. So we process it, or we will project it onto other people. So Jesus encouraged us, didn't he, to pray in the Lord's Prayer. He said, forgive our sins, God, as we forgive those who sin against us. He incorporated the processing of pain into the prayer template that he left us. God, you are forgiving us, you're reconciling us. We too are processing our pain and forgiving other people. But we need your help, God, in that. We need your help to do that because our minds aren't our friends. They suppress pain. The mind wants to just get on with life, just keep doing what it does. We need methods and habits to help us process our pain. And God's there to help us. And it's a really good idea to try and name your pain. Be specific so you can hold it up to God. One of my pet frustrations, when people come to me and say, the church hurt me. What does that even mean? No, somebody 
or a group of people in a specific church in a given situation did stuff that hurt you. Yeah? Be specific. So you might have pain from a certain wound, a certain disappointment, a betrayal from a friend, being taken for granted by somebody, being lied to by someone, being betrayed by someone, being misunderstood by someone, misinterpreted by someone, excluded by someone, disrespected by someone. You know the cause of the pain that you carry. So be specific in bringing that to God and say, God, will you help me process this particular thing, this given situation? It might have happened years ago. It might have happened last week. It's helpful to name what you want to bring to God. And when we get specific, we can release the person and we can release the situation to God. Amen? We can process it healthily with God and we can release and reconcile. And this opens our soul up for God's healing love to flow back in to us. And that's what this big list idea is all about. The big list. Helping you to really do business with God at a deeper level. Processing the more complex stuff that we all carry. Help. I can't do it. That's where I'd like us to get to. This is really important because embedding this habit into our lives helps us to become not... It deals with being self-critical. It deals with some of those internal voices that when we do, for whatever reason, not measure up, not quite perform as we thought we would, incorporating this habit into our lives really helps us begin to develop compassion for ourselves, which is really, really important. Because we struggle to show compassion to other people if we can't show compassion to ourselves. And so where we feel like we're failing, or we feel like we're not measuring up, or we feel like we're weak, that when we go to God and say, God, I can't do it. Help, I can't do it. We begin to show compassion to ourselves. And that self-compassion is really, really important. Because then we can bring compassion to others. It says in the scripture that the compassion we've received, we transmit compassion to other people. And so beginning to develop habits of help and saying, God, I can't do it on my own. I simply can't. It helps that to develop that compassion for ourselves. In Paul's second letter to the Corinthians, he boasts about his weakness. Not his strength not his gifts, not his church planting prowess, not his apostolic gifting, not his great teaching ministry, not how much he's endured hardship. He boasts about his weakness. Paul has learned to embrace his weakness. He's learned to embrace his humanity. He recognises that when he does that, he deepens his relationship with God. Paul recognised that as he comes to God and says, help, I can't do it. God's power can flow into him and flow through him more readily. He says, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And this is the Jesus way, isn't it? This is the Jesus way, power perfected in weakness. When he took that towel and he washed those disciples' feet, as Martin told us today, 
he was demonstrating power made perfect in weakness. Adopting the lowest position to serve and say, look, this is the way it works in the kingdom. This is the way it works. And so as we cry out to God and say, God, help, I can't do it. We're connecting with that kingdom power. God's power is perfected through your weakness, through your lack of ability, your lack of competence, your inability to do everything that's set before you. By coming to God and saying, help, it allows his power to flow into you and through you. And so I'd love us to get more comfortable doing that. I'd love us to get more comfortable as a church saying, actually, help, I can't do it. I need some help. Can somebody help me? Can somebody help me with this given thing? Can somebody help me with this thing that's complex in my life at the moment? Because making help part of our everyday will deepen our connection with God. It will deepen our intimacy with God. It will allow more of his power to flow through us. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.